Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers, I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. Why does it always have to be nuns? And you don't want to see me when I'm hungry. If you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to this show because that is a spoiler. It certainly is and I'm very, very disappointed, Maddie D. I was hoping your spoiler would be, have sex, have sex. Poop my answer, yes. Poop my pants. We have enough time to talk about that. Have sex, have sex. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we certainly do. That will come up. It certainly will. Because that's the highlight. (laughs) That's the only thing we could talk about in that stupid movie. Now, yeah, it's very apt that you should bring up a spoiler because what we do on this show is, of course, we look at uh, upcoming movies and we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible. And something we've done in the past, two years ago, it was very exciting listening back to both the episodes that we're going to be exploring this episode because we were like, oh, it's the end of the year. It's our first recording of uh, 2022. And here we are in 2024 doing our first recording of the year. And I'm like, oh, it all lines up. Yes. So we're exactly two years behind. <laughs> oh, and hopefully this episode will help us catch up. Yes, because we're doing two movies. That's right. And if Again. you want to put one of our previous predictions to the test, you currently can because in cinemas right now, is the beekeeper. Yes. (laughs) I'm very excited to see that one. We had no idea what was going to happen in that movie. No. We just really, uh, you know, we're flying on a a wing and a prayer, on a bee wing and a prayer in that episode. So, yeah, I'm very interested to see what actually happens in the movie versus what we said. And I just want to point out as well, before we dive into the two movies that we're here to explore this week, I think it's important to point out straight away that this isn't necessarily a review of those two movies. So, if you haven't seen both Morbius and Uncharted, or if you haven't at least listened to our original episodes talking about it, I think it's important to both, A, watch the movie if you haven't, just for context. Um, You don't really need to see them, but yeah, if you want to know, if you want to understand what's happening in those movies, please watch them first. And if you don't want them spoiled, watch them first. At the very minimum, listen to our original episodes on Morbius and Uncharted. Yes, because we're only referencing what happened in those episodes. That's exactly right. Now, one thing I like to do with these sort of like double feature episodes is try and find a connection between the two movies. And I thought it was very easy this week. It's very, very easy to find a connection between the two movies. So, first of all, they're both Sony movies. Okay. The first movie is an SSU movie, as in a Sony Spider-Man universe movie. And, of course... They're both origin stories. That leads us to Tom Holland, who plays Spider-Man, and Tom Holland, of course, stars in Uncharted. Yes. So, so many connections between these two movies. Morbius couldn't shut up about Spider-Man. Yeah, that's right. it's very, very in that world. Yeah. And, like I said, Tom Holland is Spider-Man, so there's our connection right there. Too easy. We're going to do this every single double feature episode. We're going to find a connection between the two movies we're talking about. And so, yeah, we're done for this week. So... (laughs) Speaking of Morbius, let's get straight into talking about it, because we've been desperate to talk about this movie for years since we saw it. Well, I saw it in the cinema. I think you watched it at home. I've been desperate to do a revisit episode on it. So, Matty D, (laughs) the big question for you this week. How much do you think Morbius (laughs) made in the worldwide box office? And keep in mind that it had an $83 million budget. $5. Yes, you got it. No, no, it did not. $5.50. Yeah, five dollars eighty-five. Yeah, you're getting closer. So it actually made one hundred and sixty-seven point five million dollars in the box office total. But what was the budget, Karen? It was eighty-three million. Okay. So you're thinking like, oh, that's not too bad. Basically, made double its budget. They Which only isn't great. just they only just eked over the line of being a profit. Yeah, 
But yeah, not not fantastic. Look, it's better than what you'd think. Yes, yes. Given everything that happened around the release of the movie. Now, <laughs> keep in mind, nobody saw this movie when it came out. They released the movie twice, Matty D. This is how they managed to make their budget back. Well, you know, managed what to make a What a strategy, releasing so, it twice. I think it's important to point out, I don't think we've ever talked about this on the podcast before, but uh, Morbius became a meme after it was released. Yes. And I think to this day, it still is somewhat of a meme. Yes. So, the whole joke behind Morbius, he was like, everyone <laughs> pretended like it made a lot of money. <laughs> like, the joke was like, it made more money than any other movie in history and it was the highest, you know, critically acclaimed movie of all time. When in reality, no one was going to see yeah. the movie. And the, the whole point was like, don't go and see this movie. It's not worth your time. We're all going to joke that it's like a really great movie and everyone really loves it. And it's made all this money. When in actuality, it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. And then in the wake of all this, you know, yeah, nonsense. Like, don't watch this movie. Watch Morbius. Yeah. No, no, no. They were saying, you know, in the zeitgeist, people were saying, don't actually go see Morbius. Yes, but the joke was, you know. That Morbius is a great movie. Exactly. So, in the wake of all these memes and this uh, <laughs> presumed sort of like interest in the movie, something was just like, what? People like Morbius now? <laughs> oh, you guys. And so, they re-released the movie. <laughs> Several months after it had left cinema, so they put it back into cinemas because they're like, we're going to make so much money now that everyone's super keen on it. <laughs> the movie, uh, the movie made. It's like it's like it's the, like the substitute teacher that gets like paper thrown out goes back in for a second class. Yes, the movie made three hundred thousand dollars <laughs> the first weekend that it was re-released, and that's like nothing. That's like maybe twenty people per cinema. <laughs> And they, those people are probably doing it out of irony. Yes. So, there was this thing. Uh, I, uh, there's a couple of YouTube videos where people were like, how many times can I watch Morbius? Like, <laughs> yes. how many days in a row can I watch Morbius just on repeat? <laughs> and th- I think it was just those people doing it for, like, the content, doing it for the, you know, the YouTube views mm. who are making all the money <laughs> for this movie. So, Sony immediately pulled the, the movie from cinemas yeah. just one weekend after the re-release. Which yes. is great. I thought that was fantastic. It's also going down as the kind of marker of when the superhero movie fad is dying. Yeah. I've noticed that people like Morbius was the time that we kind of got over superhero So, you're movies. saying like it's the tent pole of the, the downslide for superhero movies. It's everyone's example of a bad superhero movie right now is Morbius. Pretty much. Well, there's also Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. <laughs> yes. That's, uh, that's like the, the MCU proper example of like- the downslide of superhero movies. We've been talking about the death of superhero movies since we started this show. For a long time, it was this movie. Yes, yes, yes. And and we've also got Madam Web coming up this year. Well, that could be good. As well as Craven the Hunter. So, this is not a trend that's not- There's (laughs) references to Craven the Hunter and Morbius. Is there really? So slight. So slight. Well, we're not going to talk about it, so you might as well bring it up now. Oh, I I read that the, um, the people that Lucian does cards with, the Russians, they're linked with Craven. Lucian, yeah. Milo? Milo, yes. <laughs> Come on, man. You've got to call anyone who's not Morbius Milo. <laughs> of course, sorry. That's the rule. Now, it was very interesting listening back to that original episode that we did on Morbius. Again, if I do say so myself. But the, it was interesting listening back to it because we were only going from one trailer at that point. Yes. The interesting thing about it <laughs> yes. is that most of the footage that we saw in the trailer yes. was either reshot yep. or removed. So, there's so much stuff that we talked about that just wasn't in the movie. That's so true. That is so true. And I like on that episode, I said, the trailers always lie, right? I said yeah. that in that episode. And well, it the turns circumstance out- you were talking about, you were wrong. Well, about. Okay, yes, 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 yes. But in this trailer, 
So much of it was wrong. Yes. So much of it was excised. There was information that was that steered us completely in the wrong direction. There's a robot hand missing. Yeah, we'll talk it's about crazy. that. It's crazy. So, first of all, all of the Vultures scenes were completely reshot yes. because Spider-Man No Way Home came out before this movie. It was This movie was originally supposed to be released before Spider-Man No Way Home. And the thing is, the events of that movie changed sort of like what was happening with the Vulture scenes. Mm-hmm. So, I think it was supposed to lead up to like the weird sort of multidimensional crossover. And so, they changed it so it was like an aftermath. That doesn't make any sense at all. So, why is the Vulture suddenly going to Morbius' universe? It makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense if you've seen Spider-Man No Way Home. I don't think the filmmakers really knew. It's the same studio, which is- It's done as a me. stinger. It's done as a surprise. It's done as a- I don't think they for- cared. Forgive us for this shit movie. God, I'm, I'm really making my opinions known. Yeah. Forgive us for this shit movie. Here's the Vulture. Surprise! Oh, great. The character. Everyone loves the Vulture. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Jesus Christ. But yeah, it made absolutely no sense that yeah, the Vulture would just turn up in a jail cell in Morbius's universe. We went to great lengths in that original episode, we'll talk about it I suppose, <laughs> to try and explain how the fuck the Vulture is in this universe. And in the movie they didn't even care. They just showed a tear in the universe and the Vulture appeared in an empty cell. Yeah. Which I assume was unlocked, so why didn't the Vulture just run away? I don't know. It's an empty cell, what's it doing I don't locked? Know. Well, he was keen for new food. He was like, maybe the food's better in this place. <laughs> So he maybe just hung around for a meal and everyone's like, hold on, you're not supposed to be here. We have no grounds to hold you. Let's just release you. And somehow he gets his fucking vulture suit in a different universe where, you know, the whole reason that he had his vulture suit in the first place, everybody who's watched any Marvel movie will probably remember this. So because of the events of the first Avengers movie, yeah, they there was, scavenged there was all of this alien technology lying around from um, who was the bad guy in? I guess it was Thanos's army. Yeah, it that was, Loki uh, was commanding. Yeah, it was just an army of I can't remember what they were called. Space whales. Yes, but yeah, all of this uh, the you know Adrian Toomes, aka the Vulture, scavenged all of this material to make his Vulture suit. And then he gets teleported to Morbius's universe where these events didn't happen, yet mm-hmm. somehow he has his vulture suit. <laughs> what? I mean, by the end of the movie, you're not asking any more questions, right? Because there's yeah. a lot that doesn't you're make not, sense. You're not there. You're not <laughs> You've walked around. out. You've walked out hours ago. <laughs> we even joked about that in the original episode, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> anyway, listen back to that original episode. So, Another thing as well is that Matt Smith's character was originally listed as Luxias Crown. Yes, and that is true. And that is what the character was called in the comics as well. That's right. But his name was changed while they were making the movie to Lucian, aka Milo. So we refer to him as Luxarian through the whole Luxias. episode. Luxias. through the whole episode, but he is Lucian slash Milo. Milo, yeah. I just refer to him as Milo because that's what Morbius does. And Morbius is cool. So I'm just going to copy what he does. So you mentioned this already. He's something. <laughs> yes. So you mentioned this already, Maddie D, that Tyrese Gibson's character, Stroud, originally had a robotic arm. If you watch the original trailer back, you can see yes, the robotic arm is in the trailer. Now, they were like, oh, this is too much. The movie's already too long. And so they cut all references to his robotic arm out of the There's movie. There's one line about it. Not not about him having a robot arm, but he said, oh, your blood transfusion Your, your um, synthetic blood saved yes. my arm. Saved my arm, yeah. But other than that, no reference. No. No arm, nothing. No, no, no. We can see a whole bunch of scenes with the two FBI agents in the trailer that aren't in the movie. So, I'm guessing they had a bigger impact in the original cut of the movie. The cut that we got, barely in it at all. Yeah. And uh, I've got a few points about what happens with them as well later on. And that's basically everything that you should know in between our two episodes. So, you know, in between our original recording and this one, 
all that information I think is really important to point out because it really impacted our plots, I think, in a way. And it's all stuff that, you know, we didn't see coming. And it just helped to make this beautiful mess of a movie that we're here to talk about today. So, let's get into seeing how well we did. I think I went first in that original episode. So, we're going to rank each other's prediction with points. So, if we said something that wasn't in any of the pre-release material, that gives us two points. If we say something that was included in the trailers or pre-release material, that's a single point. If we're on the right track with something but not quite there, that's half a point. And then, obviously, if we're flat dead wrong, we get zero points which is something that Matty D and I are going to be well familiar with this episode. But yeah, I went first in that original episode, Matty D, so take it away. What were some of the uh, the highlights of what I originally said in that prediction? Sure. So, before I go into the highlights of what you got right slash wrong, uh, I think, in summary, you called this movie pretty well. You got the beats of the movie. There was a few things missing, and I think the trailer really steered you in the wrong direction. Yeah, and, and the promotional material steered you in the wrong direction. But here's some of the highlights. So, you thought the film was going to open in a school. It's actually a hospital for children that have Michael yeah. Morbius's condition. Otherwise, you were correct with the start of the movie. However, your version of Lucian did not appear in the flashback. You thought Lucian would be the benefactor that Morbius would meet later on. No, 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 I said he was there because I, I said that he was being beat up by bullies and then Morbius comes around to his rescue. You said uh, there was, it was Morbius who was getting beat up, I thought. No, 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 I said it was Lucian who was being beat up. And, oh, okay. Xias was actually what I said, but yeah, Morbius comes around, I said Morbius comes around the corner on his crutches and says, hey, you, get your damn hands <laughs> off him. Well, I recall that, but I don't remember you saying Lucian was Who else would it be? Childhood best friends. Come on, man. This is, this is all stuff I talked about. <laughs> You're going to have to add some points in. Okay. All right. Well, otherwise, well, then you called it exactly right then. Um, Except it was, you know, Morbius wasn't involved with the whole school bullying beating up part. No, 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 no. Because, yeah, it's I, a good come guy. on, man. I can't believe you got this so wrong from my prediction. I said that Morbius rescues Lucian from being beat up by bullies. Right. Okay. Well, congratulations then. <laughs> this is a train record. Anyway, moving Fits on. It's the movie. Again, again. Uh, we've already talked about Did Lucian's you listen to your game. plot? <laughs> is, that, yes. is, that, is this what you're scoring instead of my plot? <laughs> yes, no, my plot was not that great either. Oh, actually, you know, I say either. Wow. I think you did pretty well here. Wow, okay. Throwing um, shade already. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Again, we talked about Lucian's name being wrong, but that's actually the, the information that was out yeah. prior to the movie. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You predicted that Lucian was the benefactor for Michael's experiment. Yes. This is correct. You predicted there being childhood best friends, which is correct. Oh, you I thought said, you said that wasn't the case. <laughs> you said that they share the same illness, which is also true. And if you look at Wikipedia, apparently they share the same surname. Because <laughs> Lucian is called Milo Morbius on Wikipedia. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Now, you thought that Morbius would become a vampire... Uh, when he goes into the when he goes into South America and to gets the, yeah, hit Costa by, Rica hit by bats, it's actually a, hit by bats. Hit by bat. Well, he kind of does, right? The bats all come and yeah. That scene made him. no sense to me, but anyway, yeah, it really. Well, also, the answer is no. That's not the case. No, no, no. He gets injected by an antidote that he creates from these experiments. Yeah, well, a serum that mm-hmm. gives him bat DNA. Mm-hmm. Here's something else that's really interesting. You said that Michael, part of Michael's character, part of Morbius's character, was he was going to hum a song. Yeah. This was in the trailer, but this was something that was cut. That's right. There's a whole list of things, as we've mentioned before. Like, the stuff we mentioned was just the tip of the iceberg. They cut a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of references to other MCU characters, uh, other The line that we kept going back to was, I'm Dr. Michael Morbius at your service. Which was Wasn't even in the movie. The the joke, yeah, where he says, I'm Venom, no, just joking, I'm Michael Morbius, was cut from the movie. It's just, I'm Venom, and he just leaves them thinking he was Venom. Yes. (laughs) 
so stupid. Yes. So in your plot, you thought that the little girl that Michael Morbius was looking after was going to die, and this was going to be a motivator she for well Morbius to find a cure. So in your plot, you thought he was looking after this little girl. Mm-hmm. She was going to die, and he was going to say, look, I, I don't want this little girl's death to be in vain. This is going to yeah. s- motivate me to find a cure to it in the movie. She just gets forgotten about. Yes. <laughs> Completely yes. excised from the second part of the movie. Yeah, she just disappears. Why was she in the movie in the first place? They like set her up as a character like, <laughs> bye. You thought that you thought that the Venom references in the movie would raise more questions than they answer. I give you points for that yeah. because they did. There's a lot of references in this movie that are is for it references. Is the same universe? I don't Who know. Knows? Who knows? It Who can cares? be. It, it can't be. I think they. I think they sort of do it in a way that oh, it can be or it can't be. So you know, who knows? But they put references in for references' sake. Yeah, and a lot of times they don't make any sense. Yeah, it was just awful. <laughs> it's <was just laughs> really de- hiding our thoughts it really well. It was just well. a desperate attempt to like connect everything yeah. to like it was just like like you said. This is a real tentpole example of a really bad superhero movie and the current state of superhero cinema. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, of course. Uh, you thought Morbius would meet the Vulture in prison. This is very close, so I give you sort of half points for yeah, this because well. m- the Vulture appears or they gets meet. transported in prison and they do meet. In the trailer, they meet in prison. Yes, yes, which is what I was going to say. The trailer really steered you in the wrong direction there, but I give you half points here because they do meet and also the Vulture appears in prison, so very close to what actually happened in the movie. Again, not your fault. The trailer lied. Yeah. You said Tyrese would have a metal arm. We talked about this. It was cut a from the movie. A robot arm, yeah. A robot arm. Cut from the movie. And he's a superhero. Do you remember Tyrese Gibson who said, I've got a robot arm and I'm a superhero? Nope. <laughs> Neither are the case in the actual movie, Tyrese. Completely excised from the movie. You said that the vampire sense that Morbius would have would be the same as spider sense. I give you points Echo for location, that. Because yeah. that is true. You said that everyone would think that Morbius killed innocent civilians, but mm-hmm. it is revealed that it'll be Lucian the entire time. This twist plays out twice when Morbius oh, yeah. realises that Lucian killed the nurse, and then later on, Dr. Emil would realise through the police footage that people think Morbius is killing all these civilians, but it's actually Lucian because he recognises him. Uh, great prediction on your part. Yeah. I thought it was very good. There was no information that this was going to happen. This is the big twist at the second half of the movie. <laughs> Morbius. Th- Nobody saw that coming. Yeah, well, Morbius thinks that he's like a, a monstrous killer, but it actually is Lucian doing it the entire time, or at least during the second part of the I movie. I never got that Morbius thought that he killed the nurse. Like, watching the movie- like I think he did, right? Yeah, I don't know. Like, he runs away sort of, and I'm confused by it, but like, I never really got watching the movie both times that he- Well, who else would have killed the nurse? Yeah, well, exactly. Well, I just thought straight away, oh, there's clearly another vampire. Yeah, I mean- As an audience member, I'm saying this, you know. Of course, but- Looking at the movie, stupid logic. But Morbius thinks he killed her. Well, that's, that's the assumption I would make. I mean, who else would he think killed her? He doesn't know that there's any other vampires at this point. Anyway, I think I think there's a lot of editing and a lot of cutting around oh, that, yeah. that oh, yeah, made it a little grey. Now you thought that Lucien would be killed by light. It doesn't happen, he is killed. No. But I uh, actually go out of the way to say like, oh light doesn't affect us, like sunlight. Which is, is what I give you kind of half points for because, light. because there's a there's a reference to that in the movie, but he does kill Lucien. I didn't guess that, so I give you points for that. And he kills him by an antidote that he creates. Yeah. Some sort of thing that gives you hemochromatosis. So, it, uh, hemochromatosis, I, I believe there's too much iron in your blood. Mm-hmm. So, apparently, giving that to somebody who has, like, a blood clotting illness already, like, yeah. instantly kill- it was The science was very confusing. Uh, it was just a serum. Yeah. I, at that it point in the well movie, I was steak. just like, 
Yeah, yeah, it may as well have been just like a serum yeah. that re- reverses the effects. Well, it doesn't uh. reverse the effects, it just kills them. <laughs> it might as well have been a gun. <laughs> now, you said that the movie would be praised for its dark humour oh, wow. and references. In reality, not quite the case. Not praised at all. No one really liked this movie. And I do apologise, now that you said that you quoted the, hey, you get your damn ta- get your damn hands off her. I do recall that Lucian, yeah. you did mention Lucian was beat up. So I apologize there. You are right. Pretty much called this movie a lot of the beats of it. A lot of the points where you were wrong was just stuff you were missing or stuff that the, the mm. trailer led you in the wrong direction. So with that, you got 51 and a half points. Not too bad. There we go. Not too bad. How did I do, sir? Well, what was interesting was uh, I listened back to my prediction and mm-hmm. I went, oof, that was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, wow, that was really shameful. Not that bad, though. And then I listened to your prediction <laughs> and I was suddenly like, oh, my prediction actually wasn't that bad. <laughs> so let's get into what you said. So straight off the bat, you had a very interesting prediction because as you started your prediction, you basically flat out refused to include any of the childhood flashback sequences yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Even though they were handed to you on a silver platter, even though we saw footage of it in the trailer, even though we know that all movies start with childhood flashbacks, you're like, nope. I'm happy to take a handicap on this one. Mm-hmm. And oh boy, did you handicap yourself. You might as well be walking around with crutches, <laughs> taking 40 minutes to go to the toilet. Well, you see, I'm a method predictor, Kieran. Yes. So I need to actually fully go into it. So as a result of this decision, you decided to start the movie at the very end where Vampire Morbius is fighting Vampire Milo. Of course, this doesn't happen in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually starts- You know what's funny? With the experiment. My no, th- not the experiment. Capturing the bats, which I don't understand. Yep, yep. What's yeah, funny? It what's starts funny? with the catcher. What's funny? The whole movie? Yeah, <laughs> go on. Yeah, no, no, no. What I thought was going to happen in Uncharted actually happened in yes. Morbius and vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's so weird. You must have brought like your innate uh, Morbius opinions over to Uncharted. So I'm glad we and tried to ruin our prediction over there as well. <laughs> I'm glad we covered these two movies together because yeah. yeah, crazy. It, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you're right. So Uncharted actually starts towards the end. Yeah, and then goes into the childhood and, flashback. Yeah, that's right. So well, you know, you didn't include a childhood flashback. So <laughs> forget about that. You said that Morbius will work at a hospital somewhere in Africa. You said like mm-hmm. the Congo or the Amazon, which mm-hmm. mind you are in two different continents. <laughs> Yeah. Before deciding that it will be a fictional country in Africa. Yeah. Now, it's not the case. Now, I really hope you didn't base this decision on the little girl because she's a black girl. I hope you understand. No. Oh, he's working with a black girl, so that must mean he's working in Africa. No, I was basing that on what the trailer, like what, what it looked to be in the trailer. What? So, you saw him in like a, like a jungle, jungle location. Like a cave. But then like, what made you think he worked in a hospital there? He's a doctor. What else is he doing there? I don't know. Well, clearly failing at capturing bats. Can we talk about that sequence just (laughs) real briefly? So, I don't understand this at all. So, he sets up this machine which has like this sort of like dripping clear liquid. You said it was lasers. I said it was some sort of analysis You said it was like string. Yeah. And the whole point for them to go there is to capture like a bunch of vampire bats so he can experiment on them and look at their DNA. But he's just like, he cuts his hands to draw them in. I don't know why he couldn't just like get some synthetic blood- draw out some blood using a syringe it's way more dramatic but no he has to cut his hand with a machete to draw out the bats to capture them but then they like they fly through the machine and they just go everywhere around the helicopter presumably being cut up by the helicopter blades and like how is he capturing them does he get a little butterfly net and runs around and goes haha i got one put it in a little bag i had no idea i didn't understand this scene at all other than it it didn't make trying it. to be visually stunning yeah i thought maybe he was 
getting the DNA from the bats at this point. Maybe no. the liquid was capturing the DNA. No. It didn't make any sense no, to me. No, it didn't make any sense at all. It just was completely unrelated to everything else we see in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's stupid. Anyway, back to your plot. You said that uh, Morbius would become obsessed with an ancient ritual. So, this is taking place in Africa, mind you. Mm-hmm. He becomes obsessed <laughs> with an ancient ritual where if you go into a specific cave, the magical bats can draw out a disease by drinking your blood. Mm. Nothing like that happens in the movie whatsoever. You said that Milo studies mythology stuff. That's a direct quote. So he's, he's an expert in mythology stuff. And he knows where the magical bat cave is and tells Morbius where to find it. He's like, oh, it's just down the block there. <laughs> you said that Morbius sets up a machine outside the bat cave that's lasers. That's as far into it as you went. Yeah. What you said made as much sense uh, as what they did in the movie, as we just explained. You said that Morbius is sent home from Africa via a shipping container, which I think you mean a container ship. Because if he was in a shipping container, he'd be inside one of those like metal boxes yep, yep, that yep. is stacked up on the ship. You said that he escapes from the ship for fear that he might hurt more people. So, he does escape from the ship yes. after he kills everybody. So, he only kills one person in your plot and then uh, apparently, as you said, escapes from the ship. Quite like the movie, you didn't think of the logistics of how he's going to get back to America from <laughs> jumping over the side of the ship. Does he swim back to New I, York? Yeah, it's something that really stuck out for me the second time watching it. He was in the ship and then he's not there anymore. Well, you see him jumping over the edge and go sploosh in the water. Yeah. I guess he's got vampire powers and maybe he's a great swimmer. I don't yeah. know. So, presumably he swims back to America from didn't the Didn't they at one the point ocean. say they found him somewhere? No, they didn't. That was in the trailer, but that was right. cut out of the movie. It wasn't the case in the movie. Okay. So, in the movie, they have like a CGI Michael Morbius jumping off the side of the ship into the water. Mm. And then, I wish we had a shot of him like just doggy <laughs> paddling. Because, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he got back to America. <laughs> that was another thing like, huh? Now, you theorized that Morbius would have a mentor called Neil, who would fill Morbius's mentor role. And you said that Jared Harris would play this uh, Neil character. Yeah, I was relying on some research I did and That's some right. knowledge. And I didn't have the name written down anywhere. But so, was like, it was actually, somebody called Neil, but it's Emil. It was actually Emil. So, yeah. you're very close. Very close. And he is based on the same character that you were referring yes. to. And Jared Harris's character in the movie is actually called Emil. Yeah. So, I was just like, well, he's dead on the money there. Thank Gave you, you thank you. And in the comics, Morbius does kill this if character. If only you got the name right, it would <laughs> well, be more oppressive. It's very, very close. I, I think I said something like, I think it's Neil or something like that. But I would have written it down, well, honestly it speaking. It was something I was coming up with in the moment. I was like, okay. I need Jared Harris to be somebody. And then I was like, oh, actually, there was this character, right, in my that I came across in my Morbius research that was like Neil or something. So, it's probably going to be him. If only you came up with the rest of the plot in the moment. It might have been better. <laughs> <laughs> so, you said that Milo and the Vulture will team up since they both want to take down Morbius. Yeah, no. You really overestimated the, the impact that uh, the Vulture would have in this movie. You said that Milo is defeated by Morbius, but Morbius spares his life so he can return in another movie. Not the case Doesn't at all. Happen, no. Absolutely dead. You said that Spider-Man, Venom, and, quote, an event from a Marvel movie will be mentioned. Hey, an event movie. from a Marvel movie is mentioned. So, Spider-Man oh. is mentioned, Venom is mentioned. I mean, both of those were really obvious because they were in the trailer. Sure. And the event from a Marvel movie. What was it? What was the event from a Marvel the, movie? The tearing of the universe. There you go. Perfect stuff. Uh, you said that the post credit scene will be Morbius reading about a symbiote in the newspaper and going off to find it. And I love the, the headline that he's reading in the newspaper that you said, Weird Goo Found at Bar. <laughs> <laughs> so, we must totally. be finding symbiotes every week. <laughs> yes. If that's the case, because the amount of times I've seen Weird Goo in bars. <laughs> but yeah, obviously not the case at all. The symbiote does not tie into, you know, Morbius no. whatsoever. No. 
And yeah, that was everything the I wanted. Daily Bugles there, but that's about it. Yeah, I was real. I, I, I can't believe this. The only time I got excited during the whole movie is when I saw the headline for the Daily Bugle. I was like, oh, we might see J. Jonah Jameson in this movie. No, yeah. of course not. It's not that cool. <laughs> anyway, that was everything I wanted to talk about from your plot prediction. Yeah, not bad, eh? No, I think it's the definition of bad, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. And you got a total of 30.5 points. Yeah, that's all right. I'm happy with that. <laughs> you shouldn't be. I'm happy with that. You yeah. shouldn't be. Yeah. But were you happy with the movie, Matty D? I'd love to know. What were your thoughts on Morbius? I want to know your thoughts first. Oh, really? If you don't mind, yes. Oh, because you've got a really positive opinion and you want to get like my negative opinion <laughs> out of the way first. So, I think everybody knows that I thought Morbius was absolutely terrible. I think mm. everybody in the universe shares this opinion. I don't know anybody who's like, hey, you know what? It was actually pretty good. I Kind of enjoyed it. No, I've never come across anybody who's had that opinion. Well, anyone who's watched it, firstly, and then who's yeah. watched it doesn't like it. Speaking of watching it, when I was watching it this second time, I made a couple of notes of things that like didn't make any sense to me or things that I thought were egregious. So, mm. right at the start of the movie, Morpheus gets dressed up to go and accept the Nobel Peace Prize. He sits through the whole ceremony and then leaves, only to turn down the award at like as they're presenting it to him. So they even brought in you know Jared Harris, Emil, his friend. <laughs> She's like. Oh, Morbius is such a great he man. He embarrasses his friend. Yeah, and then, like, <laughs> we don't see this. We just hear about yes. it after the fact when he's talking to the little girl who's treating who he forgets about. Uh, yeah, he's, he's like, oh, I turned it down. I insulted, like, the, the Danish prince or whatever it was. That's just rude. It's just setting up Michael Morbius to be a dick straight away. And you don't really need that scene. No. At all. It's just like, look how smart he is, but he's also a dick and arrogant. So the just- dialogue covered that up. Yeah. But why would you go? (laughs) He sat through the whole ceremony. Presumably, this took hours. Yeah. He got dressed up. He went to the ceremony. He's a sick man. He traveled all the way to another country only to be like, oh, no, I can't accept this award. You could have done that on the phone when they said that you were up for it. (laughs) When he was invited to the ceremony, he could have been like, no, I'm not going to accept this award. But no. He just wanted to really Not stick it to Not only that, them. but he hobbled over to the podium yeah. to not accept it. <laughs> yes. So that was the f- And this is like in the first five minutes of the movie too. Uh, now, another thing as well, the nurse that Milo kills in the hospital, who yeah. we talked about briefly, she's left dead in the hallway for hours before anybody notices her. <laughs> I like to think everyone's just going about their hospital like, duties. stepping over her. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's a busy, a busy place, the hospital, right? I love this they thing in movies. time to stop. This is something I first noticed when I saw Halloween 2 back in the day, is that in movies, during the day, hospitals in movies, it's like, oh, it's chaos. Every single hallway is just like <laughs> stretches. There's people running at up night, and down. At night, no one's there except one person. At night, there's never anybody in a hospital because nobody ever gets sick at night time. No, no, nobody no. ever works at night time. Everyone goes to bed. As someone who spent the Except night- the one lonely nurse that gets, draws the short straw. Who has the lights on flicker mode? Did you notice that? Like The lights are like turning off and on and flickering. Mm-hmm. And she runs over and hits the light switch and they go back to normal. So that must have <laughs> mean that the lights have like a flicker She was setting. having a rave. Yeah. But yeah, as someone who spent overnight in the hospital, I know for a fact that, you know, there is no point where everything like settles down and there's just- Absolutely quiet in a hospital because mm. you try sleeping in a hospital in the middle of the night because you can't do it. You cannot do it because it's always it's just chaos going on constantly. There's always doctors and nurses like tapping you on the shoulder, waking up, making sure you're okay every hour. And yeah, oh boy, terrible. I, I, you know, I wish I could live in Hollywood land where there's just <laughs> nobody around a hospital. But yeah, the fact that her dead body is just lying there like almost for a day before anyone finds it. And it's in the main corridor of the hospital too. And Morbius just happens to be in the room around the corner as well. Anyway, uh, now the two FBI agents through the whole movie, they're just like, well, Morbius is clearly the one killing people. He killed that nurse. He killed, uh, you know, all the people in the subway station. Mm -hmm. Good cops, good men. They never think to look at the security footage in the hospital. They never think to look at the security footage 
in the subway station. They just presume that Michael Morbius is responsible. It's not until people turn up in a bar parking lot that they're like, hold on, there's a sign there that says security cameras. Let's <laughs> review the footage. Oh, wait, it wasn't Michael Morbius. And then that's the point where they disappear from the movie. Yeah. As soon as they see the footage and see that it wasn't Morbius, they never come back again. Their no. plotline is never resolved. They never apologize to Morbius. They never do anything beyond that point. They were just completely cut from was, the movie. Yeah, they were cut. Yeah. Uh, I, we already mentioned that the sick little girl is, is set up and is just completely vanishes from the movie, meaning that her whole little storyline was pointless. And I already mentioned as well that the Vulture has his Vulture outfit in an alternate universe where he has no access to it or the technology whatsoever. Yeah, uh, I think it's obvious from those things that I point out. This movie didn't make any sense to me at all. Like, mm-hmm. it was complete nonsense. It, it feels like it, like it was made out of obligation. I know it sat, it, on was. The, it sat on the shelf for like two years. It was supposed to come out in 2019 and it came out in 2022. They spent years. Apparently, the director was like, when he saw the finished product, he was just like, this isn't the movie I made. Mm-hmm. So, apparently, Disney just spent, well, not Disney, Sony spent like uh, a couple of years just retooling and retweaking the movie and then just completely changed what it was. Yeah. And it's a mess, and you know it feels like uh, like Swiss cheese of a movie. <laughs> so I've never, I'm never going to love. You know, I already don't like superhero origin stories, which this, which is. this is, yes. I already really don't like superhero movies for the most part. So I was never going to like this movie. And the fact that what they gave us was just such a wet fart mm-hmm. at the end of the day is just. I think that says everything. I think everybody's had this opinion before me, but yeah, this is a terrible movie, man. Yeah. The thing is. It's not the worst superhero movie we've ever covered. No. I would say that The Eternals is worse than this one. I know okay. that's going to insult you, but, right. you know, I personally- The like, Eternals is way better than this. It was an hour shorter than The Eternals, so- Which was good. It I, was good that it was short. I can forgive the movie a lot more <laughs> for being short. But the thing is, this isn't a movie where it's, like, so bad that it's good. This is a movie that's so bad that it's boring. It's so bland, and everything in it we've seen so many times before. There's nothing really, like- that stands out for me in the movie, aside from the funny dance sequence. Yes. And I think we should talk about the funny dance sequence. So, Milo, Lucian, Matt Smith's character, at, just for no reason at all in the movie, there's just a scene where he has a dance sequence while he's putting on his clothes. Yeah. And it, the dancing is really bad. Like, well, just well, point th- that out. This is where he becomes in his full vampire mode. <laughs> he's he's hungry with power. He's overpowered. He. Let's not forget as well, in the previous scene, Michael Morbius took over a money printing press and <laughs> turns it into a laboratory. Yes. So, we just had that nonsense. And then we yes. cut to have sex at like the most awkwardly picked song. And he's just dancing. And he's just dancing with his oversized sneakers on <laughs> to this song. And then I, I just remember being in the cinema and just, I was the only one there, of course. Mm. I was the only one in the cinema, but just laughing my ass off in this stupid dance sequence. Yeah. What were your thoughts on the dance sequence, Matty D? I loved it. I thought it was I thought it was great. It's the best part of the movie. I will say it um, is it's awkward. It's forty seven seconds it's, long. It's it's out of nowhere. Yes. Yeah. It's really weird. I knew it was coming because you didn't you you told me about it. I wouldn't shut up about it. <laughs> that was like it was like you were like, there's this one scene in this movie yes. that you gotta look out for. Uh it was it was bizarre, really. Yes. I don't know if it was funny, but it was just so bizarre. Oh, I, I laugh at it and every all time I, I kept, see it. All I kept thinking is like, poor Matt Smith is doing this scene and they're just like, all right, we want you to dance while you're getting dressed to this song uh, and make it work. Good luck, actor. Uh, excuse me. Uh, are they saying poop my pants in the song? <laughs> don't ignore that. <laughs> ignore that. It's about how and, sexy you are. And God bless him. He, he, he makes chicken salad out of chicken shit. <laughs> Who was just like, this is the song we need? I think they say poop my pants in there a few times, but let's ignore that. Can can I talk about the scene that didn't make sense for me? I yeah. mean, every, everything you said I agree with as well, but there's a point in the subway 
where uh, <laughs> Lucian, you know... He also dances in the subway. Let's yeah, not yeah. Lucian is like, oh, let's work together. We're brothers, we're brothers, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Morbius is like, you killed these people, and Morbius fights Lucian, right? Mm-hmm. Lucian does not want to fight Morbius. He likes the challenge, but they're having a tussle. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Morbius stops fighting Lucian. And strolls out onto the strolls- subway, subway platform like yes. he's going to catch a train. Strolls out, walks away. Lucian starts calling after Morbius. I mean, Michael. he's just around the corner. Why Michael. is this why is this happening? And then and then Lucian appears and then Morbius says, I don't want to fight you, Lucian. You were just fighting him. <laughs> yes. And then and their motivations just got completely yes. switched. And Morbius is all of a sudden like, no, I like it was like he had a change of heart within seconds. Yes. They had a fight. And he's just running down the, the platform. And he's just like, I just I can't fight you, you're my brother. What? That's what he was saying. And then Lucian is like, No, we have to fight. I hate I hate you now for no reason. Yeah. Um that was the one that really got me. But yeah, but let's not forget as well that this is the scene where Morbius learns to glide. Like he jumps in. Glides. Now, mind you, bats can fly, but that's because they have wings. Yes. Michael does not have wings. So he can glide, and he can glide when the bats are helping him as well at yes. the end where the bats are all flapping around and yeah. he's like levitating above the bats. It didn't make any sense. Um, but my thoughts on the movie. Yes. I did not hate it as much as you did. I came in with very low expectations, and what I saw and what my takeaway from the movie was was it was like your typical early 2000s oh, yeah. slash 90s superhero movie. So I became very nostalgic. There's nothing new in this movie. It follows right. just these safe beats of, you know, origin story, best friends who turn enemies. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it, the, the mentor, just every single trope. So it, it was kind of fun in a way just to kind of revisit this watered down version of something that was popular like years ago. Yeah. Um, so I didn't hate it. I think it was very vanilla and very fine. It, oh, come I, on, man. I won't even, I won't say that I I could recommend it to anybody because other movies have done this style of thing better. The movie, like every movie that's ever been made, Steel did this better. The oh my god, (laughs) Steel. Yeah, Uh, nothing. Not much makes sense in this movie. It's clearly poorly edited, and it lied to its audience to try to pretend that it had some connection with Mm. things that you may like in this. So the the amount of like Venom callbacks and or Spider Man references and Spider Man references. It, it was so cheap and it was like robbing its audience to be like, oh, yeah, this is included, you know, in, in this bigger thing when it clearly wasn't. So it was fine but forgettable and I wouldn't watch it again. Was it boring to you? At point, at points, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think I found it as boring as that, you did. But think, you don't like superhero movies. No, so I think I, the I movie's kinda... biggest sin is that it's boring. Yeah. what I, it's bad and boring, it's not bad and funny. That's the thing. What I like, will... We're cracking jokes and yeah. we're saying stuff that is funny, but like in the moment, none of this stuff is funny. Yeah. What I will With say- With the exception of the dancing. What I will say is, yeah, Matt Smith uh, was, was the highlight of this movie. It looked like he was having so much fun and he was the only one who was having any fun, including the audience. Mm. So he was good and he was fun to watch. Jared Leto- I don't know what he was doing. Should we talk about his method acting real briefly? Yeah, I think it's worth a mention, right? So, apparently he insisted on acting disabled all throughout shooting as a part of his method approach. Yeah. I don't know if he was actually sucking blood, but apparently, so he <laughs> insisted on, when you know, when the cameras weren't rolling, walking everywhere on crutches and not using his legs. And he insisted on having a disabled bathroom on set yeah. every time they shot so he could actually pretend he was, you know, disabled while in the bathroom. So, it would take him 40 minutes to go to the toilet. Yeah. And everyone's just hanging around waiting, like yeah. looking at their watches, losing money. Which which pushed which pushed the set, like the time back and everyone yes. had to, yeah. 
Just because he wanted to get into... Why is he treating a fucking living vampire, stupid, offhanded DC... Not DC, Marvel movie that everyone is not going to watch like it's Shakespeare? Why is he treating it like he's going to get the Academy Award for this? Yeah, this is know. what I don't understand. This is something we mentioned in the first episode. He's wasting his time and his efforts on these stupid things. Like, this guy just... Puts his heart and soul into crap. Puts his heart and soul, but it's not reflected on the screen because his performance was not good. No, it was awful. His performance had no consistency at all. Like, it was absolutely awful. Tell me, tell me what Morbius's you, character was. You even was. said in the original episode that he'll have like a Tony Stark-esque cockiness. No, not really. No, he was just a drip. I, I think that was their intention. I think that's what they wanted, but and it didn't Obviously, Leto was just like, I'm not going to play it that way. <laughs> I'm going to play it like a mopey uh, drip. I'm just going to mumble my words the entire time. Yeah. And other people would laugh at his quote-unquote jokes, and it's like, he, did, he wasn't funny. <laughs> what? Yeah. Let's move on. All right. Enough about Morbius. Let's, uh, let's, as we said last time, let's have a palate cleanser. Okay. We're going to go to another Sony movie, because we're here to talk about the video game adaptation, Uncharted. Uncharted. Matty D, I have to ask you straight away, how much do you think that Uncharted made in the worldwide box office? Do you think it beat Morbius? Yeah. They came out at the same time. What, what was Morbius's uh, box office again? Uh, it, was- it was like 160-something yeah. million. Yeah. Look- so, this movie had a much bigger budget than what Morbius. What was the budget? So, Morbius was around 80 million. So, this had a $120 million budget. Much bigger. Mm. I would have thought it would have made about 500 mil, but Ooh. hearing the budget, maybe it made more, maybe it made 800. No, Matty D, you were close to the first time it 500? made $407.1 million. Cool. Meaning it was a success. Great job. Nice. You did what Morbius couldn't. So, I bet you anything like there was, Sony was so stressed, like, oh, Morbius is fucking shit the bed. <laughs> I don't know how Uncharted's going to do. Like, everyone's already shit talking it all over the internet. Oh, and then when it made money, like, oh, thank Christ. Thank Christ. And then because of this box office, that means that Uncharted is the fifth highest grossing video game adaptation of all time. Wow. Well done. That's so, awesome. it's behind the two Sonic movies and Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, which Super Mario Brothers is like a powerhouse. Yeah. For some reason, I can't wait to talk about it. It was a that. fun movie, come on. No, it wasn't. We'll talk about it in the future. Uh, I, I, here's, here's my early thoughts on Super Mario Brothers. As wide as an ocean, shallow as a puddle. Okay, there you go. but on Uncharted. Uncharted, though, on the other hand, let's talk about it. Yes. So, before we dive in, so this is a movie that we teamed up to do together. We did. So, we essentially are going to come up with a ratio of right to wrong. I believe I covered everything that we got right in the movie. Mm-hmm. Maddie D covered everything we got wrong in the movie. Mm-hmm. We'll get into what we said in a second. I think the only thing that I really want to say before starting this episode was in the original episode, I said that Nate ends up marrying Cassie Drake. It's not the case at all. It's actually Elena. Elena is uh, Nathan Drake's wife. She starts off as a, you know, as a reporter and a love interest in the first game. And they end up, they're married by the fourth game. Cassie Drake is their daughter. Okay. What's funny is in that original episode, as you know, I probably played like, I only played like a little bit of the first two games. I've since played the fourth game. Since uh, watching the movie and doing that original episode. Yeah, what did you think? The fourth game was brilliant. I absolutely loved it. And it really drew me into that world. And what's funny is listening back to that original episode, having now played the fourth game and loving it, I even played the expansion pack where you get to play as uh, Chloe Fraser and has Nadine Ross following you around as well, which was also really good. I really liked that one as well. But yeah, listening back to that original episode, I'm like, oh, everything I've said was like every little like inaccuracy that I had towards the games 
or like everything that I didn't pick up just on. Just you. I was just like, oh, I sound like an idiot, especially the whole Cassie Drake thing. Like, Nathan Drake marries Cassie Drake. I'm like, <laughs> idiot, that's his daughter. Well, you didn't know. We we yeah. sort of said that we weren't really, we played the games a little bit, but we weren't fans, super fans of the game. Yeah, that's played right. played it in, in depth. So, we said that going in. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, I was a little bit embarrassed listening back, you know, given now that I'm a fan of uh, that, that fourth <laughs> game at least. But yes. So, I covered everything that we got right. So, should we go into that first? Feel yeah. free to say no. Sure. Well, I think what we got wrong is a shorter list. So, do you want yes. to get that out of the way first? No, no. We'll just do what we got right Okay. First. Let's go into what we got right. Just so there's context for the movie. Now, uh, <laughs> something funny. This isn't really like a point that... Uh, actually, for the most part, my list here isn't stuff that, you know, necessarily that I thought we got really close to the movie for the most yes. part. It's just stuff that I thought was funny. Yeah. At one point, you said that Sam is Nate's... Uh, so, this was you, Matty D. You yes. said that Sam is Nate's big brother, and he will play a big brother figure to Nate. Yeah. <laughs> so redundant. <laughs> well... I think his big brother well, will play the big okay. brother role. Okay, all right, all right. Huh? I heard that, and I, I was like... I think his father will play the father figure. Okay, shut up. I heard this, and I was like, Kieran's going to make a big deal. <laughs> I know. So, I have already have a defense for that. He is Nate's big brother, but what I was trying to say is their relationship was... Closer than, like, say, just normal brothers, right? Huh? Like, he looked up to Sam. He looked up to Sam. Sa- Sam looks after Nate. It's a stupid he thing is to say. Is the big brother figure. You can't defend it, Matty D. <laughs> There's a couple of things that you can't defend in this plot, and we'll get to all of them. Ah, uh, well, you know, some of them. Now, while we weren't entirely correct on the details, we did predict the movie would start with the two Drake brothers as kids performing a small heist and getting caught. Yeah. And that did happen. That did happen. You know, you went into this whole thing of like, oh, they're stealing back their mother's possessions. Yeah, but then I said it's not going to happen. That all happens in the fourth game. But I said that's not going to happen in the movie. They're going to do like. No, we said that it would happen. That's what we said. That's what we settled on that they're breaking into someone's house to get their parents' possessions back. Yes. So that was wrong. I guess, you know, I don't know if you went into that, but yeah, like, like I said, the elements were there. Like we were on the right track, but we weren't quite there. But the overall flashback, we, we got all the beats for it right. Now, we talked about Nathan believing that he's a descendant of Sir Francis Drake. Mm-hmm. This is a thing from the game, so it's also mentioned in the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, just a little bit of research. I said back in that original episode, this has never been confirmed. I did a little bit of research. In real life, Sir Francis Drake had no children yes, or siblings. That's right. So, it would be impossible for him to have any descendants. It is, but like in the video game world, it could happen, right? You know, maybe we I think know. I don't think it's actually true in the video game either. It's just something he says, you know- to impress people. It's like a motivator for him, right? Yeah, that's in, right. In the games, he thinks that he's destined for greatness. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, I just I thought I'd educate everybody by saying, you know, Sir Francis Drake was an only child. I looked up that too, by the way. And an incel. <laughs> so, again, we weren't really on the mark with the details, but we mentioned that Nate and Sully would meet at the bar that Nate works <laughs> at as a, you know, a cocktail. I go into that, don't worry. And Nate would break into Sully's apartment to steal something from him and the two would bond over their shared knowledge of history. That all happens in the movie. Again, we weren't really... We, you, I suppose you're going to go into what we got wrong about that, but for the most part, we were kind of right. Yes, for the most part, yes. We definitely overthought it, but we can talk about that later. So, we were very confused as to Mon Carter's relationship to Magellan. Magellan. Uh, Magellan, Magellan. I think you can say it either way. I said Magellan in I, that original episode. I say episode. Magellan. It's like a gif-gif sort of situation. <laughs> Uh, now, in the actual movie, the House of Mon Carter funded Magellan's journey and Magellan's ship was lost along the way. So, the House of Mon Carter and their ancestors leading to- um, Ant- I'm pretty sure it's Magellan, Antonio Banderas' um, character and his father, they feel like they're owed the treasure that was on the ship because mm-hmm. they'd funded the expedition and it mm-hmm. was lost. And just in that original episode, uh, we just said, oh, they stole the treasure from Magellan. Yes. 
Magellan. Magellan. Let's call the whole thing off. So we mentioned that the cross that Nate and Sully would be after will be used to unlock a secret door on a church altar, as well as plotting a course on a treasure map. Yep, well, That was exactly right. Mm-hmm. It was in the trailer. Well it done, was. us. <laughs> now, the auction scene. Yes. We called the auction scene almost perfectly. Yes. Must have been a big part of the trailer because, yeah, we, was. we basically got every uh, element exactly on the money. Now, this took <laughs> this episode took uh, place at the point in time when Matty D didn't know how to pronounce Budapest. Budapest. You still can't pronounce it. It's Budapest. <laughs> you never put the T on the end. Budapest. Because, we, you know, you could put Budapest in all of your plots. Yeah. <laughs> well, you did back then anyway. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was funny listening back. I was like, oh, that's right. It would annoy me every single time mm. <laughs> listening back. And I was like, you still can't say it right. So, we correctly identified that Nate and Sally would meet up with Chloe Fraser in Barcelona. We got the location exactly right. We even got the church exactly right in order to find the altar in a specific church. The one I just mentioned, the one with the tree. Uh, and we said that both Chloe and Sully would want to betray each other uh, and Nate, for that matter, as well, in order to get the treasure for themselves. That's exactly right. Uh, I also theorized that Chloe would be secretly working for Moncada. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense. It was actually the case. It was, the movie. yeah. We actually had it in our mind that Sully would be the one yeah, secretly which working is something for Moncada. I but yeah, I was like, oh, it may- it would be better if uh, Chloe <laughs> was working with McCartney. Like, no, I can't see that making sense. Well, that, that does happen. I'll take your apology now. Uh, you're not getting it. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it does happen in the movie, but like, I didn't think it would happen. Yeah. There was a lot of things you said that <laughs> didn't happen. So, we said that Sam wouldn't work with Nate at all throughout the course of the movie, but clues left by Sam will help Nate locate the two missing pirate ships. Yes. He's a presence in the movie without being a presence. Yeah, well, we we're dead on the money there. Now, let's not mention Matty D's frankly embarrassing circumstance of mixing up Braddock with the Scotsman. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I, I thought he was in love with the Scotsman. I already gave you You're like, oh, there's, there's a flirtation with like this character. I was like, oh, man, with the that Scotsman? was so embarrassing. I, I cringe every time I listen back to that episode. I, I like I was, that was really embarrassing. Like I couldn't believe that you did that. That I've confused a character. Yeah, she well, was so happened. prominent in the trailer, and you're just like, oh, I didn't see. I don't remember this character. She was and the she fourth, was such a she, she was, was such a, a big character too. Yes, that's why it was so embarrassing. Yeah. I could not believe it. Like I said, we don't have to go into it. We don't. I already gave you enough shit in that original episode. So, moving on. We called the end credit scene where Nate is double-crossed by an eye-patched wearing villain in a dingy bar yes. to be rescued by Sully. We called that exactly. We called its position in the movie exactly. Great. And just overall, aside from mixing up the order of the plane sequence mm. and finding the lost pirate ships, we, we got close to following the beats of the movie. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, overall, pretty impressive, giving us a total of... 72 points. (laughs) Not bad, huh? Not bad, not bad. But let's see how the ratio balances out. What did we get wrong? So there's going to be a few repeats here, but here are some of the highlights. We... Um, we did mention that Nathan Drake was the supposed ancestor of Francis Drake. Mm-hmm. That is something we did get right. But what we thought was going to happen in the movie was that it was going to be more of a motivator for Nathan Drake. Really, mm. it's a line at the start. It never gets mentioned very much after Does that Does the point. ring have something to do with it? The ring's more of a connection with his brother. So, I yeah, would think okay. that the main motivator for this version of Nathan Drake is that he wants to get close to his brother. He wants to do the adventure with his brother. he's like a brother figure to him. Because he's like a brother figure, exactly. Yeah. So, that that's what sort of drives him, not being destined to be a famous explorer, yeah. necessarily. Yeah, okay. I think you're splitting hairs here, but yeah. Again, we got like elements of that right, but I thought it was meant worth a mention. Sure. Because I had to stretch a little bit here. Okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> if you know where I'm going with this. We thought that Nate would meet Sully by stealing from him. Although the two are stealing from each other all the time, it is mm. actually Sully that steals a bracelet that Nate actually stole earlier from Nate. Um, and um, Nate does steal a jade statue. Yes, he Sully. does. Well, as I said, they're stealing, they're stealing from each other all the time, but yeah. the initial introduction to these yeah. characters is Sully stealing from Nate, not the other way around. Yeah, that's right. And we went into this whole thing of like Moncada hiring. Uh, yes, which was going to be Nate to steal from Sully yes. and then Sully catches him in yeah. the air. Well, okay, yeah, we, all we, of that's can, wrong. we can say it now. We thought that Moncada was hiring Nate and Nate was being, you know, his job was to steal from Sully and that's how the two yeah. would meet. Not a factor in the movie at all. Also, no. Nate is not so much of a, of, a, of a thief. He's not like a high-end thief. He's just more of a pickpocket. Yeah, that's right. But yes, Sully is stealing from Nate at the start because he's deliberately trying to scout him out for his... You know, for his high school, for his his skills. <laughs> well, he knows that he's connected to Sam, and he he knows that he has a lot of the same knowledge that Sam has. So yep. he's pretending like, "Oh, you're a good thief," so that's why I want to get you. But he actually more yep. so the connection to Sam. Yep. Anyway, yeah, we covered that. We thought that Nate was working with Moncada. Uh, we both agreed that the movie would make us think that Sully was working from Moncada and lead Nate and Chloe not to trust him. In the end, it would reveal that Nate, sorry, that Sully was always one of the good guys. Yeah, um, that that's not a case in the movie. The closest no. thing to it is we're questioning Sully's loyalties, that's but right. there's never a question that Sully isn't in it for anybody other than himself. That's right. He's that's not working right. for anybody. At most, we think he's greedy, he's selfish, he's going to he's going to double cross the good guys, but never that he's working for anybody else. Yeah, that's right. We thought that Sully would get Chloe to steal something from Nate as a test. This does happen in the movie, but it's not mm. something that Sully does. Chloe just does it because she doesn't want to be double-crossed first. Yeah. This happens all throughout the movie, but it's never a loyalty test by Sully. I like how you're like, I'm pretty sure they're being chased when they're running across the rooftops. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't see anybody else chasing them. Maybe they have the lead. <laughs> well, Nate is chasing Chloe. Sully's chasing Chloe as well. Anyway, we thought that Sully would- Come on, man. You can't justify that. Huh? <laughs> you were wrong. <laughs> uh, the major thing that we got wrong was Joe Braddock in the movie. This is partly my fault. Mm, uh, we I'll thought say. that she was going to be the dragon at best. It yeah. turns out that she is the main antagonist, the main I would say. She kills Moncado and reveals that she had the intention in to the use cleanest, him. the cleanest throat cut I've ever I seen. Know, yeah. like, no blood whatsoever. <laughs> Now, she was using him this entire time for his money. and they So, were- this is the Scottish guy, right? Yeah, the Scottish guy was yeah. uh, was betraying him. Yeah, the yeah. big villain in the movie, the Scottish yeah, yeah. guy, who, who has a subtle romance with Sully. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, Braddock, yes. Uh, that, that's the major my, villain of the yeah, movie. Yeah, the main villain of the movie. My last note is that was my bad, though. So, I, I, I take the rap for that. But, yes, she was the main bad guy. So, those are the highlights. Yeah. There's a few th- other things here and there that we didn't get or we got slightly wrong. But with that, we got 10 points, really. Like, wow. It was... It was really hard to find stuff we got wrong with this one. 10 points to 72. I call that a massive victory. Even though we didn't really talk about the, the villain of the movie, like the, the, the actual villain of the movie, who was Joe Braddock. But uh, you Yeah, know, and that reveal she, only she happens right at the end. She didn't really have a massive impact on the movie when she was the villain. Not though, really. Either. She's very much based on Nadine Ross from Uncharted 4, but she's not as cool as Nadine Ross. So mm-hmm. Nadine Ross was so likable that they brought her back again again in the DLC for that game, and she's, she was actually my favourite character in the game. But yeah, um, she is supposed to be that character, but you know, if she was played more like that character, she might come back for a sequel. 
There, uh, I don't know if a sequel's being made, but the movie was successful it enough to warrant a sequel. But apparently, this whole first movie took so long to make. <laughs> it was so like so much blood, sweat, and tears that so many different castings like, as well. Yeah, the studio's like, mm, don't know if we're going to make a sequel because it's a lot of effort. We don't know if the sequel's going to make money. But I think, you know, well, I guess we should get into our thoughts. On the movie, Matty D, you can go first this yeah, time. Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. I'll just come out the gate and say that. I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I was sceptical going into it because, again, oh, I don't think the casting choices were great and I still kind of feel like that. I think they did good with the yes. good with the characters. It sounds like we're on the same page, Matty D. I yeah. enjoyed the movie too, though I'm still very sceptical of the casting yeah. choices. It, it could have been- Obviously, Nate and Sally are the two most egregious ones. Everyone yes. else was made up for the movie. Mm-hmm. Sam was barely in the movie, so we don't Antonio have Antonio Banderas was great, by the way. Yeah. He, he seemed to slot right into this kind of universe. Yeah, he doesn't really have a counterpart in the games. The bad guy in Uncharted 4 isn't really like him, mm-hmm. so he's very much his own thing. So, yeah, he's fine. But, That's what he was. But yeah. watching the whole movie, like the whole time I was just like, Tom Holland seems a little bit young. I know I said this over and over again in the original episode. He seems a little bit too young for the character that, that they're going for. That wasn't my problem. I just couldn't. He was He was okay. He was, yeah, he was He was okay. I didn't, I didn't mind him too much. But when you compare him to Nate from the video games, yeah. they're totally different. Like, absolutely. the Nate from the video games has way more swagger than I think Tom Holland can oh, absolutely. pull off. Uh, he did He did enough of it, but- Tom Holland, um, thinking about it, I don't know if you'll agree with me or not. Watching this movie, I'm like, Tom Holland doesn't really have a lot of charisma. Like, I disagree. I think he does. Like, he's a good looking guy. I think he has charisma. But like, I I, I, I was sort of like- Couldn't buy him as a ladies man. Couldn't buy him as like a, you know- I sort of felt like if a 12-year-old was hitting, it was like uh, the end of blank check to me, basically. Right, okay. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> With an adult kissing a child. Yes. Uh, and um, I think I think you're, because he is of age, so. Well, he's like 25, yes. 26, but yes. you know. You still see him as like a 16-year-old. Yeah, because he always plays a child in movies. And like I said, he just looks young. That's I mean, that's not his fault, though. That's because we're conditioned to see him as Spider-Man. Yeah, it's like if we had, uh, you know, General Tager playing uh, someone who's supposed to be in their 30s, you know what mm, I mean? Yeah. Like, I just don't buy it. Sure. But, you know, like I said, I think Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones has a lot more charisma than uh, Tom Holland right. will ever have. Okay, well, you get me? I-, I thought his charisma was fine. I thought he did. I, I-, I liked him in the movie. I even yeah. liked Wahlberg in the movie. I- yeah, me too. Uh, you know, so it- it's not. it could have been closer to the characters in the game and, and the yes. movie would be better for it, but those two did a good job. I think the movie is better if you're not familiar with the game. Yeah. I think that's the overall takeaway yeah. that I have yeah. watching the movie because I enjoyed the movie before playing... You know, Uncharted 4. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the the reason the movie did well is because people sort of went in not knowing about the video game. So, it was only fans of the video game who were really upset by the movie and were saying that the movie's bad. Yeah. But you could have told that from the poster, right? You would have seen the poster, see these two characters being like, ah. Yeah, exactly. This is a disappointment. Other than that, I enjoyed the movie. Well, I enjoyed the movie even including that. I thought it was fun. It was funny. It's a funny movie. It it had a lot of like swashbuckling. I was actually I enjoyed it. I was actually surprised at how much I enjoyed it. And I've got to say, in all honesty, even though I didn't mind the movie, I thought it was better than the most recent Indiana Jones movie. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I had a better time in Uncharted (laughs) than I did Indiana Jones. Fair enough. It's very much, you know, aping Indiana Jones as well. And all those sort of like action tropes as well. Yeah, it's kind it, of James Bondy. At I times. was going to say, well, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, it was it was very much like a Mission Impossible movie as yeah, well. Sure. I would say I got a lot of Mission Impossible vibes. Yeah, from this movie as well. 
Yeah, but yeah, in summary, I really liked it, found it a really fun time, really enjoyable movie, and we don't get enough of those on this show. What me about you? Me too, me too. I just gave you all my opinions <laughs> on the movie. We had a conversation about it. It's, it feels like we're on exactly the same page, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie. I wasn't expecting to enjoy it. I thought this yep. movie was going to be a dumpster fire. Yeah, me too. Turns out you know, that was Morbius, and uh, this movie was <laughs> well, we actually- knew Morbius would. A good time. In fact, I would say I would only recommend people watch it if they haven't played the video games, and if they have played the video games, give it a go give it a go yeah you'll probably hate the casting it's not going to be what you want 100 percent, but you'll still enjoy it yeah i'd say so i'd say so if you put that aside now in that original episode as well if you remember we had a third plot prediction yes we did our friend kyla actually recorded a plot prediction and sent that in uh i didn't make any notes on you know beat by beat what she got right and what she got wrong but she very much leaned in on the plots of Uncharted 4 and Uncharted 3, mm. I think to her detriment, because she talked about a whole lot of supernatural stuff. In fact, you that's not something you mentioned in your stuff we got wrong. Yes, we thought there was going to be a You really wanted to crowbar. Element. It was you specifically. I didn't want to do it. You really wanted to crowbar a supernatural element into it, mm. and that was not a factor in no, the movie. No, not at all. At all. Not at all. There was no supernatural, like anything. Everything was just an artifact, really. I don't really remember there being a supernatural element in Uncharted 4. If there was, please forgive me. I remember it being pretty grounded. But from what I understand, the other games have supernatural elements in them. So, I can understand your precedent. And I'm pretty sure Carla wanted to work that in as well. She's a big fan of the Uncharted games. So, she very much wanted to work in a lot of lore from that. But in doing so, it sort of took her away from what the movie was doing. And it ended up being a a lot closer to Uncharted 4's plot rather than what actually happened in the movie. But we do actually have... A review from Kyla. So we're two like chumps over here. Like we've only well, I played like one Uncharted game in a couple of minutes of another two, and yes. you, I think you like have even less of a yeah, an just experience. just a few of the first, like a few hours of the first one. But I'd love to know, having predicted the movie herself and being a big fan of uh, Uncharted, I'd love to know what Kyla's opinions are on the movie yeah. itself. A did fan. she like it? A fan of the of the video game series. What did she think of the movie? Let's find out right now. Hello, my lovely friends. I'm excited to give you my thoughts on the Uncharted movie. I got most of the first act right, but of course my prediction went off the rails when they decided to make it seem as though Sam was sending postcard clues from beyond the grave instead of actually including him. In the games, Nate is with Sam when he's left behind for dead, so it's kind of a bummer that Sam ends up in prison after not seeing Nate at all, but I see why they made that choice. Anyway... The two opening scenes were excellent. The cargo plane set piece, just love, love it. And then bringing it back, but with like Braddock and Chloe's view from on the plane while Nate is outside, fantastic. Great fun. Not too repetitive. Very much enjoyed it. And then, of course, the scene with Sam and Nate breaking into a museum to steal the MacGuffin, like, as children, and then it comes back later. So cute. Very on brand. (laughs) I would say based on all of the changes that they made, I feel like I was right in calling it like a reboot rather than a prequel, especially with Nate meeting Sully as an adult and Sully already knowing who he is and having worked with Sam before. All of that is totally rewriting the past of the game. So I would say reboot is the right way to phrase this, which is fine. I have no problem with a reboot. The only thing is that like... (sighs) Sully and Nate, they haven't had a chance to form their, like, fantastic bond yet. And Sully in the movie is, like, a real trash bag. (laughs) Like, Sully in the games is definitely a thief, but he's certainly a lot more honorable and way more trustworthy, and he really cares about Nate. But it's because 
by the time the games start, like Nate's 38 and they met when Nate was 15. So they've had like 23 years to bond and Sully has like essentially raised Nate. So they really have like this father-son relationship that is not present in this film. In the first game, Sully 65. So the age difference in the film actually makes total sense. Mark Wahlberg is 52 and Tom Holland is 27. So if Tom's supposed to be like 22 in the movie, then it's totally plausible for Marky Mark to be 49. It's very believable that if Nate and Sully adventured together for 16 years, then they'd still kind of have that bond that they have in the games, but maybe not in the same way because Nate's not an absolute child when he meets Sully. But like, I don't know, 22 is still kind of a child. And I think, like, you know, they'll still have many, many years for Sully to soften up. And especially now that <laughs> now that Nate got him a cat, what a hilarious little... I love it. I love it. But, like, lying about Sam, you know, find the gold and find Sam, that's so low. That's borderline unforgivable. And that's something that Sully in the games would never have done. At least not in the way that they met, you know? Like, maybe when he first met Nate in the games, he was like a little bit more of a hardcore dude and would have lied like that. But because of the way they rewrote the whole thing for the movie, it just feels really, like, trashy. Trashy, Sully. That's boo. I'm not one over. And, like, he barely makes up for it at the end of the film. Like, sure, he throws a bag of gold at Braddock to save Nate, but the ship wasn't totally lost at that point. And also, like, he really hesitated. Boo, Sully. I was also sorry that Elena didn't make it into the film, but I do like how much they featured Chloe, and I totally understand that if they want to keep to the games as much as possible, Chloe and Nate do, like, have a romance a while before he meets Elena, like, years later. Like, he meets Elena when he's 38, so it makes sense for them to really, like, play on that Chloe sort of— and they didn't even go too hard on the romance. Like, they kept it to a minimum, which I really appreciated. I thought the chemistry worked really well. I don't think it would have really felt right to have like a sex scene or even like to have them kiss because of how many times they betrayed each other. I thought it was just fun. If they do make a second movie, I, I mean, it would make sense to get more Chloe and Nate. But I'm also like, just introduce Elena. You know, we can go straight to that. We don't need a Chloe romance. Like, it's fine to have it implied. <laughs> I also loved Braddock as the bad guy. I loved the, like, surprise turn when she slits Puss in Boots' throat. Ugh, so good. I was a little sad, obviously, to say goodbye to Antonio Banderas as such a fabulous villain. But I loved watching her quit her shitty boss and, like, take charge. Get it. <laughs> I was totally right about the auction scene, but it was pretty obvious what was happening in the trailer. I do love that before the heist, we got a totally unnecessary montage of Tom Holland just being super fit in his tiny New York studio apartment. <laughs> loved the parkour. Like, all right, this isn't the spirit. The whole scene where, you know, Nate is chasing Chloe uh, on the rooftops of Barcelona. Good fun. I was kind of right about them working together to find the next MacGuffin, you know, the map, and then Moncada taking it from them. I obviously didn't foresee that Chloe would have been working for him the whole time, but, you know, I'll take a point anyway. That's fine. It's close. He ends up with it. I wasn't wrong. And it totally makes sense that Chloe would have been working for Moncada. Like, he's got the money. And then this is where my prediction goes, like, totally off the rails, is Sully doesn't get kidnapped and Sam is quietly in prison the entire time. But I like the way it played out a lot. I'm glad that they didn't rely too heavily on plot points that the games had already used. I loved that they introduced an entirely new location, which is absolutely necessary. You can't have a new Uncharted story in an old location. 
And the Philippines rule. I hope they find all that lost treasure. (laughs) They deserve it. There is a point in the film where Nate seems ready to quit on the treasure, so I was a little bit right about that, uh, which is when Sully finally admits that he was lying about Sam and that, as far as he knows, Sam is dead. But that's very short-lived since Nate feels like he owes it to Sam's memory to see it through. Man, Sam is going to be so annoyed when he gets busted from prison and finds out that they lost the treasure that he spent his entire adult life looking for. (laughs) And speaking of which, of course, I was right about the ships being lost because it's not an uncharted story if the treasure doesn't get destroyed or otherwise slip through the hands of the heroes. I was a little disappointed that they decided not to go with a supernatural vibe, but, you know, maybe maybe if they make a sequel, they can have some some monsters in that one. I really liked this movie. I was excited to watch a swashbuckling story that panders to gamers and stars Tom Holland. Like, such a crush on him. Oh my goodness. And I was delightfully pandered to. You know, shout out to the extremely heavy-handed nod to Nolan North. 20 seconds of him just sunbathing in shorts and a t-shirt on a beach as Chloe and Nate, like, wash up. <laughs> like, and the Uncharted theme music playing, like, <laughs> under their cute little exchange the whole time. Man, that guy's going to have wacky tan lines. (laughs) The whole ending sequence with pirate ships full of gold being flown away on helicopters was so, mm, mwah, chef's kiss. And Nate looting a gun, strapping on some holsters, coming out in his trademark filthy white long sleeve button down, (laughs) then turning on his heel to make a perfect shot. Just what fun. And so much in the spirit of the games. And Taddy Gabriel as Braddock, every time she was on screen, it just absolutely mesmerizing. Absolutely. I would love to see more of her, like, just in, in everything. Cast her in everything. She was incredible. I only really had two complaints about this movie, which is one, fill your lighter. Like, what? Like the, is this just like a 22-year-old man thing that he can't make it out to, like, a gas station to, like, buy some butane or whatever? Like, fill your lighter, man. You have so many other ways to rob people. That's just being lazy. And two, in all that time, he, like, never checked Sam's letters for fire writing as, like, their secret. Or was it just on the one postcard, so he checked, like, a couple of others and then stopped looking? I'm going to go with that, actually. Ignore me. That's so much better. Because I was like, it's ridiculous that he never checked for fire writing. (laughs) Something I've always found hilarious about the games are the lengths to which goons will go in order to, like, fulfill a request from their boss. Like, swinging between two pirate ships in mid-helicopter flight. Are mercenaries really that, like, go hard in real life? I wouldn't, I guess I would make a bad mercenary. I'd be like, you want me to what? (laughs) Like, this is my resignation. Anyway, loved this movie. Really enjoyed having a a reason to watch it a second time. I only watched it in theaters when I came out. So this is my first time like rewatching it and I really enjoyed it. And look, I'll tell you what, if they make a second one, my butt will be in that seat. Okay, bye. There we go. Nice. I'm really glad she liked it. Yeah. From a fan's point of view, I've got to say that's very rewarding Mm. to hear. And she was right. That ship scene where they have the ships and the helicopters was awesome. Yeah, yeah, and the bit that she mentioned where, like, he spun around on his heel to shoot the uh, yeah. the bad guys. I love that bit in the movie yeah. as well. And there's a few references that she mentioned in the game that was quite cute. Yes, yes, the whole Nolan North uh, cameo mm. on the beach that she mentioned. I remember when I was in the cinema and he appeared on the beach and I was going, oh, that's the guy who voiced uh, yeah. Nate from the games. Yeah. Yeah, what were your thoughts, dear listener, on both Morbius and Uncharted? Have you seen both? Have you seen just one or the other? You can let us know any of your thoughts in several locations. Uh, you can find us on our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, and X, Twitter for people in the real world. Matty D is doing like an X sign with his arms, looking a bit like a neo-Nazi salute. 
And <laughs> talking out my ass here. You can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com or you can just simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. Woo! What an effort, Matty D. What an effort. What a gangbuster of a show this is. Mm. Massive, solid uh, episode. A lot to talk about with these two movies. A lot of thoughts. I feel like we talked more about Morbius than we did Uncharted, but what can you say, you know? Yeah, well, we need the therapy. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, let us know any of your thoughts on either of these two movies. Let us know which one you preferred. I think I know the answer there. Imagine if someone preferred Morbius. I liked Morbius better than Uncharted. (laughs) (laughs) There might be someone out there. I'm also addicted to meth. Anyway... (laughs) Before we wrap it up for another week, let's talk about what we're going to be discussing next week. It's been a month since we've done a movie prediction. Our staple here on this show. We need to go back to doing a movie prediction. We've had our break. We've had our holidays. Let's go back to actually talking about what we think is going to happen in an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster. Now, I loved Morbius so much, Matty D, that I want to stay in the Sony... SSU world, the Sony that Spider-Man universe. universe where everything makes sense and everything's yes. tied neatly together. I want another Morbius. So I thought- <laughs> Don't say that! Next week- You'll jinx it. It'll happen now. Yes. Let's, next week, let's go to Morbius 2, a.k.a. Uh, Madam Web. Madam Web. Madam Web. I saw the trailers for this. Have you seen the trailers for Not this? Not yet, no. Oh, boy. Morbius 2.0, here we come. I am looking forward to this one. So, yeah, please join us next week when we're going to be predicting what's going to happen in the train wreck. That is Madam Web train wreck. And until then, we'll see you next time. Have sex. Scottish welcome. I'm sorry. Oh.